Hello guys, this is Shreya on Instagram as shreya.lifecoach and I am here to have authentic collaborative discussions on life and society topics, hoping the seeds of this conversation continue in your life and create a change. So let's begin. Hey guys, the topic we're going to talk about today in our podcast is failure. Ugh, that feeling it leaves you with. I wonder if it's failure that scares us or the fear of failing. I say fail early and fail big. Our guest today has a different opinion. So we're going to relook at what happens when we fail and how to keep going. Our guest today is Rohan Ayer. He is a financial analyst and a business partner in his company. He has excels for everything. He's one of my dearest friends from college and he's achieved pretty much everything that he said he would when we used to have conversations back then. Welcome on our podcast. Welcome on my podcast, Rohan. Hi, Shreya. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be a part of this and I'm looking forward to our discussion today. One of the nicest things bringing you on this podcast is that our friendship goes back 10 years almost. And so there's this... Yeah, 10 years, eh? It's 14 years. Has it we been 14 years? Two, 2007, dude. 2007. Oh my God, I'm so old. The topic we wanted to talk about today was failure. It's actually a bit ironic that I would talk to you about failure because from when I've known you, you've been like the valedictorian in the top of the class pretty much sums up a very successful person. You've also lived all your dreams, traveled the world, been the top of your career in finance and really good brands. So what does someone who's so successful know about failure? If you take all of those things together, then the immediate reaction, first thing is that the cost of failure becomes very high and the impact that it can have if and when it happens can be very profound. I'm not saying you should have practice of failure, but when you've had exposure to it, especially when when you have entrepreneurs or people who are trying alternative career paths, they may have some exposure to it and they develop a resilience. They have that mental behavioral toolkit and knowing how to respond. I'm not saying I've never had failure. I've had my share of failures too. And they have given me a certain set of skills because the successes have outweighed the failures. Those skills, those tools never get used as much, which then makes every future decision becomes even more impactful and has to be very well thought out. There isn't much room for experimentation or trying something different. It sounds like you've trapped yourself into a success mm. story. Yes. So would you say then that you're scared of failure? Yeah, it's been a defining trait. Something we've discussed in the past also quite a few times. Is it's something that governs a lot of how I think and how I approach what I want to do. I think over time and with experience, I've managed to create more of a safety cushion should things go wrong. But obviously, you never want to enter any situation expecting things to go wrong, but you want to be prepared for it should they go wrong. Starting with that, the mindset, whenever you start something still has to aim towards success and you need to visualize success for it to happen. You need to imagine what's going to happen if I'm successful at this. That is a good change that happened in my own behavior because I was always entering a situation thinking what will happen if I fail at this. Now I, I still have plans for what would happen if I fail, but I'm still visualizing what would happen if I succeed at this. It just changes your body language, your your resilience, your presence of mind, and allows you to overcome anything that could come in your way. Mm-hmm. 
moving away from that, let's talk about what your opinions are on failure. I know that when we used to have our conversations, we always leaned on polar opposite sides. And I have a feeling we're going to do that even today. <laughs> I expect that. I expect that too. So let's establish what is failure in your eyes? I would define failure as an adverse gap between what you wanted to achieve and what you achieved. So kind of Whether, like the social media expectation versus reality. Yeah, that it can be in terms of an Instagram post of how you look. It can be in terms of how much you save a month. It can be fitness goals. It can be relationship goals. But there's something you aimed to do because it was of value to you. Something that's deeply personal, deeply significant that you wanted to achieve and did not. That gap is what I would define as failure. So here we do take a different view because for me, failure is having the want to do something and never getting around to doing it. So if I really am in love with a boy and I want to approach him and date him and I would consider it a failure if I never ask the question. But if I do ask the question and the other person says, uh, I'm not looking for the same thing, I actually think of that as a success because now I know that my chances of not knowing have been minimized. So it's a term that Jeff Bezos uses called regret minimization theory, which basically yeah. says that if you have a big idea or, a, or something that you really want to do, you'd rather do it, fail at it and get it out of the way than never having tried it. So it's better to minimize your regrets than to live with it all your life. Where we differ is in terms of where it is in the process. Where I'm looking at it is pretty much towards the very end of it after the action has occurred. Whereas for you, it's even at the beginning or as the action occurs. Right. Let's talk about both our views. Because when I hear somebody who says that they are wired towards success, I also hear that they have fears in letting go of a few things, a few mm. areas of success in their life in order to really go after that one thing that their heart mm. wants, which might be like deemed as illogical or very risky. But I also believe unless you let go of what you have, you can't aim for what you want. So how would you say that in your definition, it still lies at the end of the spectrum? What about right before someone has made a decision on what to do? So in my definition, it largely assumes that you can actually do what you want to do. Uh, I'm assuming that there are no borders or obstacles that prevent you from even starting it. And it's just a matter of your own will to do it. If somebody's dream is to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I want to get really fit this year. There's nothing stopping them from joining that gym and eating healthy and committing to doing it. Then the outcome will differ. But that, that is a fundamental assumption. Where your view becomes important is because people can have certain circumstances in their lives which don't allow them to even embark on that process. At a certain point, they merge. Because if you're able to start something, then starting it is a success. But then you also have to be able to see it through. Otherwise, it is good to start it. But clearly, there was something which didn't go well in the execution. I would imagine that nobody wants to fail. Whatever you do, you want to be successful at it. I'm not telling people who aren't successful wanted it that way, but I would essentially say that either there was some circumstance you were not aware of, either there was something lacking in your planning or preparation. There's always luck. I will not discount the impact that it has, but I think the first two points, things which are within your control, if you push at it hard enough, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't have an outcome that's acceptable to you. The point is being that if you want something badly enough and you're willing to really do whatever it takes 
to make it happen it can happen you talk, look at the most successful entrepreneurs you look at the most successful athletes they they sacrifice everything in their lives to make it happen because that is something that they value so much obviously we look at only the successful stories because that's survivors bias uh, at play there are many failure stories too even in those smaller failures there are cases of people who bounce back better than before authors artists you name it you you have cases where even from the failure there is a learning and you come back successfully i think you can still make a success out of a failure if you at least learn from it you are and you very honestly identify what went wrong and you and you don't have any issues accepting that it could be something you did wrong and not not being the victim and not blaming circumstance because circumstances are there other factors are there but in the end if you don't have that degree of control over your aspirations or your dreams then you need to work to get that degree of control okay i actually want to break down everything you've just said into a couple of points i do acknowledge that you can't just have a dream you have to work hard for it whatever that milestone is for you but while you're speaking you also recognize that you have spoken about the outliers in your success stories right so it brings up a few questions for me the first is how do you identify failure a failure can in many ways be the ultimate indicator of something mm. that's not doing well and that's the place where you have to pivot whether that's a business or a relationship those relationships where you're constantly on again and off again and on again and off again we recognize that they're not healthy signs of a relationship they don't show stability or growth at what point do you recognize the failure of that and move forward from it if i link that into business terms it would be called sunk cost where at some point to actually be successful you have to realize that this part of my business has failed and i have to cut off the losses in order to move ahead so recognizing failure i believe is a pretty important step in mm. long term success even though in the short term you might take failure in your definition of it i i feel it doesn't account for this sunk cost I mean fundamentally the cost that spent is spent and I also don't want to throw good money after bad I have honestly and comprehensively been able to come to a conclusion that something is not going to work and unless I change my tactics or my strategy the outcome isn't going to change then I would not even advocate to continue pursuing it I would not uh, value a success if it required you to not be true to your own values So if you had to also compromise something important to you to achieve it I would say okay you achieved it but I would not call that a success In terms of failure you do acknowledge things that are not working and that's part of how you build success Atul Kochar one of the really famous Indian restaurateurs in London said this you have to be prepared to change your tact all the time till you become successful I think once you start something that you're really passionate about the end journey is really the end of it so you constantly are adapting it's more of an ongoing thing mm. and then failure actually becomes a very small conversation because what you're really trying to do is pivot constantly and try to find your mark in the world you have to do it through your ethics and your values and achieve your success your way so there is no perfect way no and i'm not also saying that if you don't achieve it at the first attempt that it's it's a failure i think the the failure happens once you've exhausted every possible avenue that you had at your disposal hey you know i want to point out how your definition is slowly merging into my definition 
ultimately saying that you have to embark on your mission and then do whatever it takes to find your way through it to get to what your goal was yes cool i want to bring up another point that i wrote down in what you said earlier and i think this is the slightly more serious part of the discussion you spoke about if you really want something you will achieve it i have questioned this stance a lot because i feel this is a very privileged stance it comes from certain opportunities that are made more available than if you were pro- probably in a war struck in country if you had disabilities if you were not cisgender i think in many the circumstances luck fate and your social stance your gender a lot of these things also play up so when you do say that anything is achievable do you think like it can be an oppressive dialogue to someone who's systematically at a disadvantage so first of all i think i agree with you because the statistics also agree for for people who are already in for example people who are already in poverty first of all the cost of living tends to be higher on average uh, the ability to break out of it is significantly harder or the, the ability to achieve an education to achieve professional success is just statistically proven to be harder which is why when i said the, the three different things i said luck as a very important pillar of it i think it's also important at an individual level to calibrate what you're trying to achieve by acknowledging those circumstances and this is where we can learn a lot from the japanese where they have this concept of kaizen where you just make small improvements beyond making those small improvements in a sustained manner and doing it consistently if if that's your target which i'm advocating should be your target is something i would still call successful your goal is just to stop having carbonated drinks and if you do it for two weeks three weeks a month i would say a that was realistic for your circumstances and that you were able to do it in success i acknowledge that we all speak from different degrees of privilege for me as a male there are certain privileges that that are just factually there which women may not necessarily get and, and all of those are valid points but for every circumstance when your goal setting takes place it has to take into consideration your circumstances Yes. So your circumstance is just the starting point and then from there you create small steps to get towards your desired dream outcome. I love that. Impossible is nothing. Adidas. <laughs> Or is that Nike? Just do it. Is Nike. Just do it Nike. Impossible is nothing is Adidas. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting because we really love success. We love hearing that anything is possible. there is something called toxic positivity if you're only aiming towards success all the time then the idea of failure becomes way more profound if no failure was holding you back what is your desired outcome let's say the thing that puts the fear of missing out in you ah uh, fomo <laughs> uh can't imagine life without it <laughs> I mean if I could be completely independent of money then I would make very different decisions in my life and also just being as being a social creature the fact that there are friends who depend on me family who depends on me so just all these attachments which which all the great religions of the world identify so early on as sources of unhappiness and discontent I think for me personally is a something holding me back would you dance in public no i would not i still wouldn't 
<laughs> I wonder if that is the secret to anyone's success. If you don't see failure or risk with the same overthinking eye, then all that you really have is success. Ignorance is bliss. You can call it a leap of faith. At some point, there's a leap of faith. When you decided to become a coach, there was a leap of faith. When I decided to move to Saudi Arabia for a few years, it was a leap of faith. That uncertainty will never go away in life. It just won't. You don't have perfect information. And the world is very complex and constantly changing. At a certain point, you have to just accept it and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to proceed with what I want to do regardless. I put in whatever contingencies I can and, and just go for it. And some people go for it thinking what's going to happen once I reach the summit. And some people go for it thinking what will happen if my rope breaks and I fall down. I mean, both cases are true. The optimist may fail and the pessimist may succeed. Both can still happen, but it's a different experience for both of them. I expect the stats would say that people who visualize success achieve it more than people who don't. Right. And I think it goes back to what you said previously. If you visualize it and you believe in it, then you're working towards your small goals as opposed to when you've convinced yourself that it's not going to happen. In a way, you've rejected your idea to yourself and then you failed before you've started because you just didn't believe. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I love that. I really wish someone had told me all of this when I was going through massive imposter syndrome when I started my coaching practice. I just had so much at stake. And because of that, I would question myself to death. I like to think about what Mark Manson has said in his book. It's 10,000 hours to reach perfection. No matter what practice you're in, whether you're a sports person or, you know, the Beatles had to pivot and pivot and pivot before they could actually become successful. And then they became legends. So it's the journey of figuring yourself out that actually helps you find yourself. And then in some ways, I think that's what makes imposter syndrome one of your biggest gifts, because you think you don't fit in. So you pull out all the cards in your deck to make sure you earn that place and you deserve that spot in the limelight. And then when you step into the limelight, you're like, the work isn't done yet. I just know that I'm on my journey. And I would imagine at that point, you also have a sense, I now deserve to be here. So in one of the movies that I love the most, Kung Fu Panda, there's a scene where the instructor, Master Shifu, goes to his master. And he's super confused because he's already a master. He's, he's there. I don't know how to help this panda because he doesn't have the etiquettes. I can't train him. And he says, yes, you can. And this is part of your training as well, because you just have to believe. So what is one thing that you would tell yourself in a moment of doubt? The moments of doubt, they, they come and go. But in the end, tell myself that I have a plan. I have been preparing for a certain outcome. These are the steps I've identified to achieve it. I have confidence in those steps because they worked before. So in the end, you just have to trust the process to see it through and to get the outcome that you want. That's the lesson for me. If I have to tell myself anything, I would tell myself that I can do anything I set my mind to. It's just that I'm saying it to myself. No one else is conducting hmm. me on what my goals should be or what my benchmark should be or what is expected of me, nor are they ridiculing me when I fall on my face. Even I have to be aware of what failure really means because it's an internal thing. It's never external. 
until you're the one setting that benchmark for yourself that's starting point to realize that really anything is possible but that anything is not someone else's anything i like i don't want to be the greatest swimmer but i want to be a social entrepreneur i want to change the world i'll do whatever it takes on my path to achieve that if someone comes and tells me like shreya you don't have a great job title or you're not earning a lot those are not the benchmarks that i'm striving towards and then i'm happy to let those benchmarks go because i'm aiming for something else and there is no failure there's just a starting point having said that let's end our call here rohan thank you so much for being here and discussing topics of failure with me and we'll be back soon